Today, what I'm going to preach to you um, is really more about a journey than it is a sermon. God has been, he's been taking me on a journey the first few days of this year. I spent some time with the Lord and he's been dealing with my heart and uh, I don't know that I'll get all this off my chest or out of my spirit or whatever because the Lord's just dealing with me but um, I feel like I need to share with this church what God has been talking to me about and how, um, how the Lord wants to use us in this end time. I know some people are still just playing games and just going to church. Uh, we can't afford to do that. We are so close to the coming of the Lord. And we have some things that are valuable that we have to hold on to. Second Corinthians, the fourth chapter. And again, while you're turning there, I do want to say how grateful we are for all of our guests that are here. And if you are a first-time guest that is visiting here with us, please stop by our welcome center, which is the little blue desk area you walk past on your way in. If you have not stopped by there, stop by on your way out uh, today. We have a small gift of appreciation for you. The cafe will be open for 30 minutes after dismissal. And uh, we have some wonderful coffee drinks and different things if you're not a coffee drinker. And we just want to give you uh, a, a drink or a gift from us. We love you and appreciate you. We've been praying for you. And we're so glad that you're here today. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's all right. You can give them a hand. We're glad to have our guests here. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and I'm going to ask you to be patient with me today as we work through this. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and let's just begin at verse number 5. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge. Somebody say the knowledge. The knowledge of the glory of God. This can be translated here to say as seen in the face. Or we behold it in the face the glory of God, we see it in the face of Jesus Christ. Verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not unto us. Not of us. The treasure is in the vessel and the glory goes to God I want to talk to you today from a simple subject for the sake of your remembrance we have this treasure we have this treasure and you may be seated in Jesus name don't close your Bibles because we're going to work through this chapter a little bit we have this treasure in earthen vessels now the earthen vessel parts not hard to figure out if we go all the way back to the sixth day of creation 
we understand very plainly what the earthen vessel is. For the word of the Lord says to us in Genesis that God formed man out of the dust of the earth. And then God breathed into the nostrils of that man and man became a living soul. Now before the breath of God entered into you and you became a soul, you were nothing but a glorified mud ball. How does that make you feel? Bunch of dirty people. Bunch of glorified mud balls. We are nothing without the breath of God. Of all the creation, and you've heard me preach this many times, but I don't ever want you to lose this in your mind. Of all the creation for six days that God created, He created with the words of His mouth until the sixth day when He created man and then He formed man by His hands. We were created by the touch of the Master. And that's why we still need His touch today. You cannot live without the touch of God in your life. That's why you can run and run and run, but you cannot hide. You can try to run away from the callings that's on your life. You can try to run away from a relationship with God. But until you give in to the idea and you acquiesce to the idea that God has got to be paramount in your life, there will always be a God-sized void in your heart that nothing else can fill except for a relationship with God. If there's anybody here today that needs his touch, would you just shout amen? amen. We need his touch. We've got to have his touch. That's why it's so vitally important for us as the body of Christ to be together. We are people of touch. I know that it's been difficult over the last couple of years as some of us have had to truly find out what isolation feels like. There are studies that have been done. I've preached on them in the past and I won't get hung up here for very long. But there are studies about babies, which I think it's sad to use children as a clinical testing, but they tested these children. They took children and put them in a room of isolation and did nothing but feed them with a bottle. And then they took children and uh, put them in another room where they were fed by human beings and they touched them and they would caress their head and would love on them and speak to them and show them affection. And by the time these children reached a certain age in this study, this clinical study said that the children who were loved and touched by people were light years ahead in their development of the ones that were left alone. Why is that? And scientists are still trying to figure it out. I'll tell you why. It's because we were formed by the touch of the master and we still need his touch. I was, I was sick in July of 2020 uh, as my dear brother Craig said with the cuss word 19. I was sick with it. I hated it. My family were stuck. We were isolated. Thank God I still had my girls and my wife in the house with me. But uh, I don't like being isolated from the house of God. You've heard me talk about how desperately I longed to be in the house of the Lord. And I'm so used to coming in and out every day and praying in here when I want to pray in here and being in the office in here. And, and I would come while I was sick and just stand in the parking lot of the church and hold on to the pillars in the drive through and just weep and say, God, I can't wait to be back in your house. Why is that? Because there's got to be something in us that drives us to a relationship with God that goes beyond just coming and going from a 
building. I didn't just miss the brick and the mortar. I missed what we feel in here right now. I miss the glory of God as it descends from the throne room of heaven. Hey, I'm going to tell you, we need the house of God. We need our brothers. We need our sisters. We need the family of God. I know everybody else is hip and hop on the fist bump and the nod from a distance. Now, I want to shake your hand. I want to hug your neck. I want to let you know that I love you and I can't live without you. We are the family of God. We are the body of Christ. It's still the will of God for us to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. I want to know when my brother's hurting. I want to know when my sister's hurting. I thank God that this altar is always open. It's always in order for us to strengthen one another praise God I've stood against the lie from day one this whole church has this precious church family has that there was always going to be a new normal. Can you believe we're going into the third year of trying to figure all this out and there are still people that have not darkened the doors of the church that they attended and they still watch online. I cannot do it. I can't sit at home and watch my phone. I can't sit at home and stream on YouTube. All the I've got to be in the house of God. I've got to be with the people of God. I love that you precious people love to be in the house of God. I love that our guests are here today and they were drawn by the Spirit of God. I'm glad that you're here today because somebody invited you. It is not a coincidence that you're here today. I believe it's divinely ordered that you're in the house of God. My wife, can, she, she can tell you I'm not, I'm not easy to live with. When we have to cancel church. <laughs> I sat at home last week. Now, thank God. Thank God. It, I, I didn't get sick. I thank the Lord for it. Amen. I wasn't sick. And, and uh, my, my wife and girls had, a, had cold symptoms and whatever. I don't know what they had. I think it was Pepitis of the punk, but I don't know. I don't know if, if you could test for what they got. If you've ever heard my girls fight with each other, it's... Let's just say they test negative all the time. <laughs> Praise God. There's only one of them in here to judge me this morning. The other ones are upstairs working in children's church, and that's okay. Praise God. But I don't like, I don't like when we're not together. One of, the, one of the worst texts I had to send was to tell Brother Jordan, just, just do a replay. I don't like preaching the same sermon twice, much less listening to myself preach something I already preached. I don't like it. My girls were like, turn that up. I'm like, no! I don't want to hear it. But we did. We sat there, upstairs, tried to have a little church. And uh, I'm not a serial church guy. I just don't like it. I've said all that to say, I'm glad that you're in the house of the Lord today. I need His touch. I need his touch. And the reason I need his touch so bad is all I am is an earthen vessel. That's it. The day that any of you get highfalutin and feel like you're something any more special because your bank account says something or the house that you live in, I want to tell you that glorified dirt balls can live in 10,000 square feet house. 
But when you breathe your last breath, it don't matter what kind of house you lived in. When you breathe your last breath, it's not going to matter what kind of car you drove. You were formed of the dust of the ground, and to the dust of the ground you shall return. Many funerals that I've preached through the years, I've used the analogy that, uh, that you see on, on, on the headstone of people. You walk through just people by the thousands and headstones for everyone that's in the cemetery. And you've got two dates on there, the date they were born and the date that they died. And those two things aren't nearly as important as the little hyphen in the middle. Everything that you've ever accomplished or desired to do, it's represented in that one little hyphen between the two dates. And I still want to confirm to you today without a doubt that only what you do for Christ will last. It doesn't matter how much money you leave for your children to fight over. It doesn't matter what your estate looks like and what you leave behind for people. When you draw your last breath, you better know that you've been touched by the hand of the Lord. Praise God. There's a song we sang here quite a bit for a little while. I hadn't done it in a long time. But it says... When I die, let me die speaking in tongues. Let it ring in my ears all these songs I've sung. Give me the strength to praise you and speak your name one more time. Then let your angels carry me over to the other side. Hey, I'm telling you, it'd be all right with me if not one more of this church family had to leave here by death. I wish the Lord just come get us. But if the Lord doesn't come back and I die in this temporal world, I'm saying when I die, let me die with a touch of the master. Let me die talking in tongues. Let me die with saints praying around me. Let me die with the word of God being in my ears. Huh. That, that, that's, so, that's so morbid, Pastor. Oh, you don't understand how bad I need his touch. I want to die with the body of Christ around me. I want to die with people praying over me. I want to die with people singing the songs of Zion over me. I want to go from this world hearing y'all sing to hearing the voices of angels sing. When I stand in his presence for the first time, nothing that I've lost, nothing that I've given up, nothing that I've laid down is going to matter. I'm not going to stand in his presence and say, Lord, it was too expensive to live for you. It was too expensive to be holy. It cost me too much to be separated. What I'm saying you is when I see him face to face it will be worth it all I don't want to die and I'm sure not in any hurry but when the Lord takes me hopefully it's in the rapture but when he takes me I want to be ready I want my earthen vessel to be filled with the treasure. I want my vessel to be ready to go. I want my vessel to be without spot or blemish. I want to be preserved blameless to the coming of the Lord. Hey, we need that treasure. The Bible tells us that we are three parts. We are body, soul, and spirit. 
we are, we are not complete to just exist as the earthen vessel. I've got to have life in me. The scripture says to us in John 4 and 24 that God is a spirit. Or if you read it and see it in, in italics in your Bible, it'll say something like this. God is spirit or God is the spirit. None of this would be scripturally incorrect to say that God is spirit. He is omnipotent. He is not to be compared with lesser spirits. In other words, he's all powerful. There is no other spirit like him. So for us to just say God is a spirit, that doesn't just put him in a category with a bunch of other spirits. He is the ultimate, preeminent, omnipotent, none like him. God is spirit. He is spirit. And we must worship him in spirit and in truth. So to understand that God is spirit and it's his spirit that breathes life into us. That only God can provide for us the experience of having the Holy Ghost live and dwell within us. This treasure that dwells in earthen vessels helps us to understand that you and I are absolutely unequivocally incomplete. Until we have been born again. Everything that's of the flesh is born of the flesh is of the flesh. In your Bible in John the third chapter Jesus is having a conversation with a great Jewish teacher by the name of Nicodemus. And he says to Nicodemus that man must be born again. It puzzled Nicodemus and he looked at the master and he said to him. How is it possible for man to be born again? And he even asked this question. He said, shall I enter into my mother's womb a second time? And I don't believe he was being facetious. I believe that he was hungry for truth. I believe that Nicodemus wanted to know what he really needed to do to be sure that it was all right. And he was so close to understanding this. But Jesus said to him, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And Jesus said to him that except a man is born again of the water, somebody shout baptism. And of the Spirit, somebody shout the Holy Ghost. He said, if you're not born again of water and of the Spirit, he said, not only can you not enter into the kingdom of heaven, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven. I know a lot of people don't like this kind of preaching, but I still believe it because Jesus said it. If you want to go to heaven, you've got to be born again. I don't believe that Jesus is a way to heaven. I believe that Jesus is the way to heaven. Jesus said that I am the door and if any man comes in any other way then through that door he is a thief and he is a robber. I'm telling you you've got to be born of water in the name of Jesus and you've got to be filled with his spirit. If you believe it shout amen. I would hate to think that I live my life by an end to empty religion that made me a bunch of promises about heaven that it cannot fulfill. You hear me today? I'm not saying this to be ugly, but I'm telling you what the word says. If your church preaches that you can go to heaven without being born again, then they're not preaching what Jesus said. Jesus said you must be 
born again. We are not complete until we are born again. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 23 says to us, being born again. Same thing, still teaching the same thing Jesus did. It's almost like they listened. He said, being born again, not of corruptible seed. Somebody say, no flesh, but of incorruptible. By what he said, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. I submit to you respectfully today, and I believe that we can prove beyond a doubt that the treasure that dwells in the earth and vessels is the Holy Ghost. I believe that we can prove without a doubt that the treasure that we have is the Spirit of God that's living within us. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 16 says this, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his Spirit. Where? In the inner man. We put on a new spiritual man when we are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. I know nobody likes to talk about this, but I want to tell you that in myself, there is no good thing. My old spirit man is a lion, thieving, conniving spirit. It is not of God. It's fleshly. It's of the earth, earthly. But when the spirit of the living God comes in you, can I preach to you right here? And tell you it'll make you stop doing what you used to do. It'll make you stop going where you used to go. Your old spirit may have been a fussing and a cussing. But when the spirit of God comes in you. You take on a new nature. You are not who you used to be. You are not what you used to be. By the power of the Holy Ghost. Colossians chapter 1. In verse 25, everybody say amen. amen. Colossians 1, 25. Whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation or the administration of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Watch this now. I love this. I was having a conversation with someone the other day about the mystery of God. The conversation was about the mystery they were struggling with the Godhead. And they said, there's something about it. It's just a mystery. I said, well, let me tell you, the mystery has been revealed. It's not a mystery anymore. Even the mystery. Woo! God, I love this right here. Which hath been hid from ages. Oh, God, have mercy. I'm about to have a fit up here. It hath been hid through the ages and from generations. But now it is made manifest to his saints. Brothers and sisters, there is no mystery about who he is. God. To whom God would make known what is the riches. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. Of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. What is the mystery? It's not a mystery anymore. 
the mystery that has been made manifest to the saints is that God Almighty robed himself in flesh. God, I feel him. And he dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. John 1, 14, as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And he said to his disciples, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come again to you. The mystery is that God Almighty lives within the church. You know I'm a 66-book preacher. I love the Old Testament. You can't unhitch the Old Testament from the New Testament. As a matter of fact, the disciples which became apostles, they were preaching and teaching Jesus without a New Testament. How about that? It's amazing. That's why you got to know your book. That's why you got to know the Bible. They were teaching Jesus from the law and the prophets. How do you do that? It's real simple. Isaiah 9 and 6 makes it so easy to preach who he is. For unto us a child is born. Unto us... God, I feel it. I can't help but get excited when I preach about it. Unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the... Do you know what the Holy Ghost is? It's peace that passes all understanding. You want to know what the mystery is? It is Christ in you. The hope. The hope. And you know what I love about this mystery? You can preach it and teach it and never leave the scripture. You don't have to pick up one creed. You don't have to pick up any historical book. You can preach it from Genesis to Revelation. The same God that created in the beginning is the same God that fills me today. Oh. The mystery was hid from the ages. But was revealed on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. What was once an empty vessel, an earthen vessel, is now different when it's filled with the Spirit of God, Christ in you. The hope of glory. 2 Corinthians 4. Thank you to our amazing team in the back that worked so hard. 2 Corinthians 4 and 6. For God, whoo, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness. Somebody shout darkness. darkness. Does anybody know your life was full of darkness until his spirit came? Mm. Is there anybody in here that will admit today you've seen some things you don't ever want to see again? Come on down. Anybody in here that admit today, Pastor, I did some things and I don't ever want to do again. My life was in darkness, <laughs> but he has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the Are you picking up what I'm putting down yet? If you want to see the glory of God, you're going to see it in the face. <laughs> You're going to see it in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power of God may be of God and not of us. God said in Genesis, let 
there be light. And when God said, let there be light, well, yeah, but he had to slow down. He had to calculate the speed of light, how fast he wanted it to go, how long it took, how many light years. Don't you know the Lord sat there with his calculator and thought, well, if I do it this fast, then it'll do that. No. Because the creative power of his word God help us. I'm trying to help somebody because that word is in this house right now. He doesn't have to speak specifically about how fast light will travel, what the speed of light is, what it's going to take to get from one, uh, from one planet to another planet, from the sun to the earth. When God says it, everything that it needs for creative order. Why are you preaching this, Pastor? Because he knows the way you take. He knows where you are today. He knows what's going on in your family. He knows what's going on in the courthouse that you're facing. He knows what the doctor said. But when the Lord speaks it, everything thing he needs to heal it to fix it to deliver it to set it free it's in his word i'm not throwing off on anything in here you understand me when i say this i'm not saying this to hurt anybody's feelings because i believe in people getting help okay and i believe if you need alcoholics anonymous to get help go get every coin you can get and make it happen but i was raised old-fashioned and I believe there's more to deliverance in 12 steps. Man, I want to preach so bad. I believe. Y'all ready for this? God have mercy. Brother Danny, I, I love you. I know you can help me today. Will you just stand up and walk up here to me and count how many steps it is from your seat to where I'm at? Will you do that? Just stand up walk up here. One, two, three. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. You know how many steps I believe it'd be for an alcoholic that's sitting where he was sitting? That was me. That was you. Yes. From your seat to an old-fashioned altar is all the deliverance. I know he's a deliverer because I've seen him deliver before. It may be 12 steps in AA, but it's however many steps you are from where you're seated right now. The mystery has been revealed and the light shines in darkness. Yeah, but my daddy said that's what I'd always be. My mama said that's what I'd always be. But what your heavenly father says about you is what matters today. You are not who you used to be. When God says let there be light, there is light. The darkness of alcoholism has to go. Come on, the darkness of drug addiction has to go. The darkness of gambling addiction and sexual addiction, it has to go. When God says, let there be light. <laughs> My Lord. I'm... Uh, I'm trying to hurry. I feel the Holy Ghost. Somebody's going to be delivered in here today. 
Somebody's going to be delivered that's watching this today. Hallelujah. I believe there's going to be somebody three months down the road maybe that's going to be looking for answers on YouTube. And you're going to come across this video and you're going to know. Let me just say it to you. It may be three months from now, but you're going to be delivered today by the power of the Holy Ghost. You call this church office 765-649-1806 and tell I'm telling you, God is a healer and God is a deliverer. God can do it right now. Well, pastor, I'm just ashamed. I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed of where I've been. And God said, let there be light. You don't know what I've said. You don't know what I've done. You don't know who I've mistreated. But when God says, let there be light. Pastor, you don't know where I came from. No, but I know where you can go. I know where you can go. There's a place of healing in here. I make you this promise. It would surprise you if you could see the rap sheet of some of the folks that are saved and sanctified in here today. Come on, a few years ago, they wouldn't have wanted to sit in the same room with a police officer just in case they happened to look up their name. Oh, but there's a new name that's been written down in glory. And when the blood of Jesus... When the blood washes you and the name covers you and you're filled with His Spirit, there's a new name. about to have myself a fit up here the devil started writing your name down I know Austin and I know everything he's done I know every road he's walked and brother he just kept on writing in your life he just kept on writing in your life brother Castro he just kept on writing in your life and the page was full but at an old fashioned altar of repentance all of a sudden where that writing was there was blood applied and everything that I used to be and everything that I've done was washed away under the crimson flood of the blood of Jesus Yes. If I don't start closing, I'm never going to get done, so let me hurry. Man, there's enough Holy Ghost in here to flip somebody around. I'm telling you, it's in here. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, you need to be baptized today. If you've never been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, you need to get the Holy Ghost today. Here's what we've identified. We know about the treasure. We know the treasure is Christ in you. We know the treasure is the spirit of the living God. But I don't ever want us to forget that the apostle said that this treasure is valuable but the vessel is earthen Mm. I'm never going to get anywhere close to done I'm frustrated when I look at our movement and I see that the earthen vessel has the loudest voice God I've been wrestling with this I'm telling you, I've been praying, I've been fighting, wrestling. I spent hours, hours on the phone with leaders 
Brother St. Clair. Brother St. Clair, how would you do how, how would you do this? How would you how would you deal with this, bro? I got this going on in my church. What would you do? And I'm gonna tell you what's happening. Listen to me. The earthen vessel has the loudest voice. God, I feel such an anointing. There's an unction in this room right now. The decisions that are being made in our movement in the church that are erasing things that have kept our earthen vessel submitted to the treasure. Man, it's not wise to move in the direction of earthen voices and neglect the voice of the treasure. Man, it's all over me. I'm t- it's all over. I feel it from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. It's a dangerous place when we start turning earthen vessels loose to be voices in our ear. And the Spirit has been speaking to us. And the Spirit's been saying, come out from among them and be separate. But the earthen voice says, no, come over here. You can still do that and be plugged in and be involved and be used. I'm supposed to be done in one minute. Holy Ghost, help me in this room right now. Mm. I was talking this week with a man of God on the phone. And I I don't mind, I'll just say it openly, okay? Dealing with the frustration of... Carnal churches allowing people to do whatever they want to do and live however they want to live and still be quote unquote used of God. Okay? You don't have have to do anything. Just serve. Just come serve. Here's the problem with that. What are you serving? Listen. I know carnal men that can preach. Oh, God. I know carnal men that can preach. And I know carnal people that can sing. And if you've been around the church at all, you know carnal people can play instruments. Woo. That was a bad time to walk in, Solomon. That wasn't at you, I promise. <laughs> I just happened to walk that direction. Lord, but you serve what you entertain. And if all you've entertained is entertainment, then the only thing you can serve people is entertainment. And if the lights are gone and the the fog machine's gone... Oh, yeah, you know, look, I've served on youth committees. I've been on youth boards. Man, I've been there and fought that fight. I'll never forget, we about split the organization one year over pyrotechnics and a pre-service countdown. Lord God, they set off these little fireworks when the clock hit zero. Man, our next few board meetings, oh, what, what are we turned into? I'm like, I don't know, 47 got the Holy Ghost. Understand me when I tell you, 
if all we serve is earthen vessels, if that's all that feeds us, then that's all that we're going to give. And while people are trying to figure out how much we can get away with and do without and still preserve the treasure, I want to tell you, if it's really a treasure, you'll do anything you have to to protect it. I'm not about to let the carnality that's pushing against the church in this nation define my treasure. I don't measure my holiness by this world. I don't measure my separation by this world. Can, can, can I say this in a hurry? I'm, I'm, I'm getting where I'm going in a hurry. I'm never going to finish. But I'm going to get to where I'm going. We have maintained separation from the world. But the sadness is, is that we've maintained the same separation from the world. Instead of the word being the anchor, the world has been what we've moved with. And the more powerful the, in, the, the influence of the world, the more powerful the influence of the world in the church. But Sister Juanita Jordan told me sitting in her hospital room, right before she died, she got the feeling the Holy Ghost. I'm not kidding you, it was amazing. She was like, she was already like almost dead. She was laying in her hospital room just barely moving. And the Holy Ghost got on her. She got to shaking laying in that bed. And she said, Pastor, I want to tell you something. She said, you can take a white glove and drop that thing in a mud puddle. She said, but the mud don't get glovey. She said, the glove gets muddy. Before she drew her dying breath, she said, Pastor, you keep on preaching it. You keep on believing it. And don't you stop. Don't you let the mud of this world... If it's really a treasure, you'll protect the treasure. You know, Pastor St. Clair, I would, jo I would join your church if I didn't have to be so holy. Well, the treasure I'm protecting is not this building you're sitting in here today. The treasure that I'm protecting is what you felt when you walked in this building today. And that is the power of the Holy Ghost. It's not just about man's rules. It's not just about what we say you have to do. It's about a precious treasure that dwells within you. And if it's a treasure, you'll protect the treasure. Because all we are is earthen vessels. Listen. When I'm filled with that, the brilliance of that treasure, there's something so powerful that happens. People think when you serve God, you have to be perfect. Boy, am I ever thankful that's not true. Because I have slipped and I have fallen and I've made mistakes so they're innumerable. There's no way. I've made mistakes one after the other. But Brother Woodcock, something so powerful is when I slip and fall and my vessel breaks, the treasure is so brilliant. That the enemy can't see my flaws. And when God begins to heal me. And he begins to heal that vessel. Listen somebody in this house that I came to reach for today. I'm reaching for somebody with all I've got. you got to let the potter put you back on the wheel today. You're just an earthen vessel. But let the spirit of God begin to work in you. Let the master potter put you back on the wheel. And form you. If you really receive it today. You'll be willing to pray. Lord break me if you must. But put me back on the potter's wheel and make me in your image.
I'm thankful. I'm thankful for my treasure. But the treasure reveals all I am as earthen. And I've got to do everything I have to do. Anything. Whatever it costs this vessel to protect that treasure. It's just a movie, Pastor. No, it's not. It affects the treasure. It's just a website, Pastor. Yeah, but it's influencing your marriage because your marriage is earthen. Listen, you got to get tired of coming into church with secret addictions. You got to protect the treasure. Get tired of coming in here and feeling like, man, I'm a such a hypocrite. I raise my hands. I've messed up. Welcome to the club. But there is a treasure. That when you let that treasure live in you, it starts working its way out of you. Jesus said it like this. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. This spake he of the Holy Ghost because it had not yet been poured out. Do you know what he was saying? The treasure is going to flow from you as an earthen vessel to other earthen vessels. And they're going to realize how bad they need the treasure. I'm reaching for somebody in this house today. These altars are open. This is not about your perfection or your imperfection. This is about the treasure. And once you realize the value of the treasure, you'll do everything you have to do to protect that treasure. But pastor, I'm an alcoholic. Stop identifying as that. You're you're, you're not an alcoholic. You're an earthen vessel that needs a treasure. I'm I'm struggling with drug addiction. You may be struggling with addiction, but you're an earthen vessel. You need to let that treasure come in today. Holy Ghost, have your way in here. All over this house this morning, would you just begin to submit your heart to the Lord? Don't worry about what anybody else is doing in here right now. Just close your eyes and begin to talk to the Lord. Don't look down at the ground. That's where your accusation's coming from. Look under the hills today from what's coming to your head. I thank you, Jesus.